Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. On this Saturday morning. Good morning, my friends. How are you doing today? I hope that you are awake, ready to rock and roll into the Word of God, because we know that the Word of God gives us life, <laughs> and we know that the Word of God is true, my friends. So thank you for joining me again this morning. For those who have constantly following. Uh, have been following us from day one and welcome to those who are joining us for the first time maybe you heard about this podcast from a friend of yours maybe you found it on social media maybe you just happened to be scrolling on facebook and all of a sudden it popped up i don't do any ads but i do know that word of mouth gets around and that's what i rely on so hopefully everyone's spreading the word about the word of god podcast and we welcome you today And folks, my friends, as you know, we have been in the book of Zechariah. And um, in the book of Zechariah, as you know, we have been following along about the different visions and encounters that Zechariah was receiving with the angel of the Lord, with the Lord of hosts. And just everything that was being brought to the surface of things that happened in the past, were currently happening, and were to come in the future. And Zechariah, as a messenger of God, a prophet, was a key person in always telling people God's message. So today we're picking it up. We are at the last chapter of Zechariah. We're in chapter 14. And today we are picking it up. Starting with verse number 10, where we left off. But let's just do a really quick recap for those who are joining us for the first time. As you know, chapter 14 is speaking about the day of the Lord when he comes back. Will you be ready? God is going to separate the people. He will cause an uproar to take place. People will be scattered in different places. But the communication lines will still be open. But God is setting up a newness, a readiness. And everyone will have to face and be accountable for what they've done to the children and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And those who will face consequences will be taken care of according to God's way. And ultimately... Everyone will have to, on this earth, eventually, confess that he is Lord. And in doing so, we then confess that he is our God. So my friends, we're going to pick up in verse 10, Zechariah 14, verse 10, and this is what it says. All the land shall be turned into a plain from Geba to Roman, south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be raised up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate and the corner gate and from the tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses. The people shall dwell in it and no longer shall there be utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets, and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. It shall come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them, Everyone will seize the hand of his neighbor. 
and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. Judah also will fight at Jerusalem and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Such also shall be the plague on the horse and the mule and on the camel and on the donkey and on all the cattle that will be in those camps so shall this plague be father we thank you so much for your word in the book of zechariah we know that your word is true we know that your word gives us life and we know lord that this was a major warning that you were given to zechariah to give to him to then extend it to the community that he was serving at the time it is important for us to understand, Lord, your word. And you have really laid out some foundation here of consequences and what you are also doing for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we thank you for your word. Amen. So my friends, you know, here we go, right? Woo, we are picking up on where we left off. Well, ultimately, and I just want to recap a little bit about the tip end of of of, script, uh, of the pa passage of scripture from nine that says, "And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, it shall be the Lord is one and His name one, which is an establishment of knowing that everyone will confess that He is Lord, because the Lord, when He does come back, and we spoke about this." He's going to come back very strong. He's going to come back very determined. And in this whole passage of what we've been reading with Jerusalem and how God was going to take out the nations that have come across and against Jerusalem, he was going to come in and intervene and make sure that he took care of all those other nations that were against Jerusalem that may have oppressed any of the inhabitants. And he was going to do away with them. He was going to do a separation. But he was going to save the remnant of his people who love him so much and have always stayed focused on him and have followed his commandments and have stayed in relationship with him. And in doing so, once he came in, he would make sure that those people would be scattered. And some of, even among those, would be scattered as well in the remnant of God. However, God's protection would still be over them. And that once he does that, once he clears it out, just like it says here, all the land shall be turned into a plain from Geba to Rimen, south of Jerusalem. So that's a certain portion of Jerusalem. Shall be raised up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate and corner gate and from the tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses. So if you, I've never been to Jerusalem. But if you were to look at a map of Jerusalem, and sometimes you can find it, you know, in your Bible, there'll be a, a little map. It'll show you Jerusalem, and um, it'll show you the, the land and, and the premises of the survey. And what I mean by that is the coordinates of the land and where, you know, what part of a certain section is it, then to another section, right? Just like your homes that we have today, we... Uh, you know, or wherever you might be living, you know, you have coordinates, you know, you have so many acres on your land or so many square feet, just like in your apartment, you have so many square feet, so much, right? You have common area, you have your useful area. So there's coordinates of how the setup for Jerusalem in this particular section here was going to be laid out and how the people were going to be positioned in this area of radius from one part of a gate to the other part of a gate to another part of the gate. Because Jerusalem was, of course, um, within a, a vicinity of having gates surrounding it, right? Having boundaries, having um, uh, uh, maybe like drawing a line. Let's look at it that way. 
And um, and when it says here, the people shall dwell in it, and no longer shall there be utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Meaning that now, once God has come in and done away and gotten rid of the people that don't belong there anymore, the people who have actually oppressed um, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, uh, he cast out those who were against him. As God, those who were worshiping other idols because he wanted to bring his true, genuine children and those who truly trusted him and believed in him and have always followed his commandments and have always been uh, fearful of him in a good way, right? Not about it's good to fear the Lord, my friends. And um, he wanted to make sure that upon them staying after he scattered these other ones, or these other communities, these other people, the people didn't belong there, that they would now know that they would be still dwelling in Jerusalem and that now Jerusalem would have a safety net and that they will no longer be utter destruction. Because remember, when God said earlier in, in the prior um, chapter and, and this chapter, he was coming in to wipe out people. He was going to do it his own way, right? Because we speak about all the time how God's going to do his own thing. <laughs> Sometimes we think he's going to do it like the way we think it's going to be done. But that's not what he does. He does it his way because his ways and his plans are better than our ways and our plans. So we just rely on the Lord all the time to take care of our battles, my friend. This is a perfect example of that. You know, every time we might, you and I, my friend, might be in a situation where we're like, you know, God, I need help. This is happening to me. You know, I am being, you know, mistreated. I'm being cursed at. I'm being, you know, and I'm talking literally cursed at. Or I'm being, you know, um, treated wrongfully. Or I'm even being abused, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. Whatever it might be, you know, you you rely on the Lord to, de- to help you in those situations. To deliver you from those oppressors. And that is what God was promising here. That once he came and did a cleaning house, he cleaned house. That those that would be left in the house would know that now it's a safe house. It's a healthy house. It is a place where they can dwell, live, especially for the Lord, and go about their daily lives. And continue to carry on. Not only just the legacy of who God is and who Jesus Christ is, we can do that today. We carry on these things. We both know, my friend, you and I, we have been through a lot. If you're listening to my voice right now, you can you can relate to this. You may have suffered something traumatic in your life. You may have gone through some really hard times. You have maybe had to face some really down and out circumstances that you just did not have control over and you thought there was no way out but God came in miraculously into your life and did a miracle to help you in that situation whether he took out the oppressor who was oppressing you whether he made sure that people in your job for an example who was the bad boss or the bad co-worker eventually got fired or got transferred somewhere else you know, when uh, maybe even in your own home, you've had an unexpected guest for a long time who's a problematic maybe family member. And everything you've done under the sun to try to keep the peace in your house or to try to help that person or to try to somehow make amends just did not work because that person was not willing to have a change of heart. And then all of a sudden, God one day says, this person's out of here. Whether they packed their bags or they left, uh, or who knows what else, right? But then all of a sudden now you have regained back that peace that surpasses all understanding that only your heavenly father could give you because now he has given you back your home in peace and you no longer have to dwell with that individual. You no longer have to be in the presence of any who was mistreating you or cursing at you or just, you know, maybe even physically abusing you. So, you know, God comes in and he does miracles and he intervenes. And when he does that, he will give you a new peace, a new stillness in your life. 
And in doing so, it'll let you know that you're in a new place now, that God has come in. He stepped in. And that is why, my friends, we have to stay focused and trust him 100% because God is always working it out for us. Even though we may not see it in the forefront, behind the scenes, he's working it out for us in areas of our lives that sometimes we never even expected or we thought maybe there was no resolution or or remedy to help with what was happening in your life. But God came in somehow a different plan, his way that you didn't even expect or you didn't even think about what would be the way a remedy. And all of a sudden he comes in and gives you that remedy. He comes in and gives you an understanding of this is the way I need to do it, my child. Just follow my lead. And sometimes, my friends, we may not understand it fully. We may not understand fully what it is that God is doing behind the scenes. Why? Because we can't see it physically sometimes with our eyes. And, you know, we're only human and Americans, you know, we have this thing where we have to see everything, right? We have to see everything, hear everything. (laughs) And the only thing we should be concerned about seeing or hearing is whatever God shows us in the spirit, (laughs) And if we're seeing crazy stuff in the natural, don't worry about it. I mean, it's happening in the natural, but if it's something that we think that we can never overcome in the natural, you'd be surprised the miracles God will do in your life. So we have to remember always that he gives us an understanding of his understanding. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to analyze it, (laughs) you know, um, just trust in the Lord with what he's doing in your life because he is there in the midst and he sees every detail of your life and he knows exactly what you're going through and he knows exactly how he's going to combat that situation, that battle on your behalf. So I am sure that now once the people were able to dwell in it and no longer there would be any destruction, that means everything is said and done, it's wiped out, it's been cleaned up, Uh, now it'll be a safe inhabiting place. Because remember, the inhabitants of Jerusalem from um, those who were the remnant of God who really loved the Lord had to deal with other people who have come who had came into Jerusalem, made that their home as well, and had different ideologies, had different ways of um, uh, uh, following and honoring other gods that were not the true God, and went about their lifestyles that were totally different to the inhabitants that were in Jerusalem. And unfortunately, that included some of the people that were already in Jerusalem that were following the Lord, but then backslid or swayed one way or the other, and then ended up giving themselves over to these new communities um, and walking away from God and dismissing him altogether. Unfortunately, some of those brothers and sisters (laughs) also got caught up in that, and they too faced consequences. Nobody went unnoticed. God sees it all. And then it says here, and this shall be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. So now it is explained to us here as I get into more detail, as I continue to read, what happened exactly to these people? What happened exactly to the people who fought against Jerusalem, who were other communities, other nations that came in and destroyed and tried to fully destroy Jerusalem or came in and infiltrated and made people get into sin that they never should have gotten into, you know, that came and were an influence to others that never should have had an opportunity to be an authority or superiority over anybody in any type of influential way. And most of all, who did not have reverence for the Lord and totally disrespected God and did their own religion did their own way of practicing, practice things that were not of God. They didn't uh, hold up to the standard of the Lord in his commandments, in his uh, feast tabernacles, in his uh, celebratory 
you know, times of the year uh, in fasting and in praying and, you know, all these things that the Lord requires of us. Even today, my friends, you know, the Lord requires of us to keep his commandments. The Lord requires of us to celebrate the holidays that are important uh, as a remembrance to him, God, and as a remembrance to his son, Jesus Christ, whom he gave to us, who we received as Lord and Savior. And the other holidays, of course, throughout the year. That is a time for atonement. It's a time for prayers. a time for fasting. It's a time to give unto the Lord. You know, it's a time to really reflect. This is something that we should constantly be doing. And they did not do this. So because they did not do this as well, and they um, unfortunately... Uh, even swayed some of the, the true children of God in Jerusalem who were followers of Christ, not of Christ at the time, but of the Lord at the time um, of God and God's reverence, they totally dismissed it. So they unfortunately fell by the wayside too. And they faced the consequences that I'm now going to read in the book, the Bible, the scripture, because we know God's word is true. We know God's word is alive. And the same way this happened to people back then, at the time of Zechariah, it can happen to us, my friends. So let's continue to read. And it says, Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets. And their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Let's stop right there for a minute. I don't know about you, but in hearing this scripture right here, this is something definitely that I know I want to do everything that I'm supposed to do for the Lord and on behalf of the Lord to avoid this. I don't know about you, but I know that's what I'm thinking right now. And when it talks about how clear the consequence of their body is going to endure an attack specific from the Lord, it is very scary because I can only imagine why God wanted to make sure that he would wipe someone out completely because of the fact of their sin. And when it says their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet, that is so descriptive because remember, when you're lured into sin and you do the wrong things, you operate in the flesh, my friends. You're no longer operating in the spirit. And God said he's going to dissolve the flesh. This, their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. And that is literally both ways. Because listen, the only way God can get into our mind the correct way to scramble out everything else that are, were bad thoughts is, um, or our hearts and how it's functioning is to come and tear down the flesh. That is what he has to do in each and every one of us. And we can apply this to our lives today. Because there are many times we get caught up in the flesh, in our lifestyles, in our successes that we want to accomplish in life, in the things that we run after, you know, we get caught up with and we're operating in the flesh, our feelings, you know, our hurts and wounds. You know, we use that all good. We're human, but we let that really get to our flesh. And then we only operate in the flesh. We don't allow the spirit to come in 
and take full control of that situation that we're feeling in our mind, our spirit, and our soul, and our heart, emotionally, physically, mentally. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. We would then operate in the flesh, and then we go, we make irrational decisions. We make the wrong choices. We get stuck in things that we should have never go into covenant with, and then now everything is bad. And God said he will come into their flesh to dissolve while they stand on their feet. Because he's got he's got to tear down the flesh, my friends. We've got to we gotta have our flesh torn down. <laughs> Especially when we're not operating in the spirit. And we're letting the flesh dictate to us what we should do. What we should, you know, and we make the wrong choices. And that's why sometimes out of anger, people can go and commit a crime. Out of jealousy, people can go and commit a crime. Out of, you know, out of feeling abandoned, people can go and, and commit a crime. You know, out of um, being for, feeling forgotten, feeling um, like they're not worthy enough, people can then go and take their own lives, commit suicide, because they're letting the flesh come in and take over as opposed to the spirit having its way to help you be maintained in the spirit so then you can function well in the flesh. So then it says here, their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets. I mean, when I read that, that reminds me of like some horror films. And I tell you, sometimes I don't want, I don't really watch horror films, but the little drips and drabs throughout my life that I've seen one or two things that was creepy in a film, You've seen stuff like this, you know, that their eyes are dissolving in those hot sockets, you know. Um, why? Because God needs to tear down what they've been looking at, what they've been worshiping, you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, being attentive to, you know, what they've been entertained by. You know, God needs to come and he needs to, he needs to dissolve their eyes in their socket. He needs to wipe out what they've been looking at, what they have been um, 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 lusting after, okay, with their eyes. We can see things today and it can, it could jeopardize how we think, it could jeopardize how we, how we talk, and it could jeopardize how we act. Because seeing things, my friends, seeing visual things stays longer in our memory than anything else. You could read a book, you could read several chapters, you could read several pages, you know, whatever the case may be, and you might only remember some stuff. But you see something visually, as human beings, when we see something visually, it stays really stuck and clear in our minds because our eyes see stuff. And sometimes we're watching stuff and looking at things we're not supposed to be looking at. That's why people who get caught up in pornography, who are always looking at that, okay, go about their day thinking in a very sensual way. They go about their day thinking of fantasies with people. They go about their day wondering what if there's a possibility it can be come to reality and then next thing you know, someone is committing a crime. Someone is committing a wrongful touch to someone else. You know, what we watch with our eyes really affects our lives. It affects how we see things. And the more we stare at stuff we're not supposed to be staring at, my friends, the harder it is sometimes to stop looking at it. God wants us to have clean eyes, clear eyes, purified eyes that see only him, that see him in the spirit, that sees beyond anything else that we see in the natural. He wants us to focus on him. And he wants us to see clearly to understand what is happening on this earth by seeing it first in the spirit. And if you have your eyes lusting in the flesh after things and looking at things you're not supposed to, 
you're going to have a major problem because what we see through our eyes penetrates to our brain, penetrates to our heart, penetrates to our neuroscience um, cells, and it penetrates um, in bringing about a spirit that we're not even supposed to have in us. We're supposed to be operating with the Holy Spirit. And every time you give an opportunity for your eyes to see something, that is an easy, vulnerable way for a spirit that's lurking around in the atmosphere, like we always talk about, the spirits are out rampant these days, to have an opportunity to say, that person's vulnerable at this moment, I can come in and I can influence them. And if you think that what I'm saying doesn't really happen, Let's take a look at some of these cases that recently have been happening to a lot of people who have been committing crimes, rape, who have been uh, robberies and all this stuff, and they're talking about things that they're seeing, or they talked about things that they saw, or that they were watching or being a part of that influenced them to do those things. We have cases right now in the court system with that. So that's a reality. That really happens. And if you think that there can't be a demonic principality in the air that can come and try to attach or attack you and attach itself to you, come into your home, be evident, be present. Listen, even there are times with cases in the courts, I'm talking about the United States of America, where people come out and go, the demon told me to. The spirit told me to. He told me to. She told me to. It told me to. And then everyone's like, he, who's the e, he, she, it? And then they start to identify or they come up with a sketch of what, they, what they're seeing, right? It's real, my friends. It's not just like in the movies. <laughs> you know, everyone thinks that the movies, the movies, when it comes to horror, when it comes to demonic forces, when it comes to things of witchery and stuff like that. That stuff is real, my friends. It's real in real life. You might see it in the movie. Like, oh, that's just a movie, special effects. You know, they put makeup on the people. Yes, they did for the sake of the movie. But I'm telling you that those things really do exist <laughs> in the spirit. <laughs> it's like, they're there. You may not see them because you only see things in the natural. But let me tell you something. If you have a spiritual eye, you know they're there. That's why Christians, we're always in prayer. We're always worrying. You know, we're, we're not worrying. We're always in war, like a warrior for Christ. Because we have to combat things that we see in the spirit that God is allowing us to see to prepare us. Because he's given us all the tools, all the keys that we need to be able to combat those things. And to tell us, Satan, get thee behind me. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, get away. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Go to the pit of hell where you came from. Listen, we have been given the authority. So we have to be very careful, my friends, of what we're seeing with our eyes. And then it says here, but Jerusalem shall be, you know, safely inhabited. Um, and as because now Jerusalem is safely inhabited. Why? Because these people who fought against them and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Listen, when God says that a place is, once he comes, he does clean house and he's going to come and he's going to make it a safe haven again. That also includes the words that are coming out of people's mouths. Okay. That also includes those that might be cursing at you every day. Those who treat you nasty. Those who are my, maybe even, some of you might be even suffering some sexual harassment in your job. You know, some sexual harassment, maybe even in your own home, by your neighbor, something. But, you're, but also those people that spoke negative things about you, negative things um, against you, who cursed you who always um, 
felt they had the authority to speak over you. Maybe even those who said that as a child, you know, you would only grow up to be X, Y, Z, that you were not good enough. Many of us have suffered traumatic stages in our lives, in our childhood stages specifically, because maybe our own parents spoke to us a certain way. Maybe our own um, siblings always told us we would never amount to anything. Anything that came out of the tongue of those people who were against you, okay? And anything that a person also with their tongue worshipped that was not of God, that ate things that were not of God, and also indulged in things that were not of God. God says it right here, their tongue shall dissolve in their mouths. It's going to be a, a, you know, when your tongue would dissolve in your mouth, you wouldn't be able to speak. There would be a major discomfort. You would not be able um, to talk, of course, speak, talk. Um, you may not even be able to eat properly. Many things. Um, and I'm telling you right now that this reminds me every time about how God was said that, you know, the tongue, what you speak through your tongue could give you life or death. And I'm always speaking on this podcast also about making sure that life is coming out of your mouth, that what you speak is positive, that what you speak, um, It's an elevation unto the Lord. It honors the Lord. What you praise and worship with your mouth is purity, is good. It is to uh, encourage others. But those things that come out of your mouth that are not good, that are not pure, that are disrespectful, that are cursive, and that most of all, you know, even go against God's word. Those things are not good, my friends. And you have to watch out for it. Because if you don't watch out for it, oh my gosh, do you want your tongue to be dissolved in your mouth? I don't think so. So my friends, this is why he starts to break down to tell us of what's going to happen to these people. And this stuff is real. Because we remember back in the day, every time God brought on some type of plague unto his people, he did it to the body. He, he, He contaminated the water. He didn't have food growing for a while. I mean, God can do it however he wants to do it to bring his message across about the things that people need to stop doing and get stopped in their tracks so that they would know he's the God that they're supposed to be serving, but they must face consequences for the things that they have done. So imagine that. Listen, there are stories in the Bible. There's a story, I don't, I don't remember specifically what chapter it was, but there is a story where um, a blind man became blind because he doubted God and God made him blind. Another man couldn't speak for a while. Sorry that I'm not remembering the names off the top of my head. The names of the people. He couldn't speak for a while. Because he laughed at what God said. He didn't uh, He didn't believe what God had told him. And the dissolving of the flesh. We know many stories in the Bible where people got leprosy. We know very much in the Bible. Um, that Lot's um, wife. Uh, she turned into a, a plain of salt, standing on her feet because she looked back at the city that was being burned and destroyed by God when she was told not to look back, right? So these are examples of ways that God's going to get you <laughs> um, if you're not on the right track. And listen, I'm not here to threaten anybody. I'm not here to say how... How dare you, you know, I'm here to read the word and share it with you and break it down. Because here's the thing, 
You and I need to be on alert every day of the things that we're doing on this earth. And remember that God sees everything. So don't think you're not going to get caught in whatever you're caught up in. Don't think you're not going to get caught in the sin that you're committing. And don't think ultimately that you're going to get, in literal term, away with murder. Eventually things will be exposed, my friends. And then it says here, And it shall come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them. Everyone will seize the hand of his neighbor and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. Now imagine that. Because the panic of the Lord, listen, when you're not doing what God has asked you to do, when you're not paying attention, when you're not heeding to his word, when you're not um, having relationship with him and he comes in like a roaring lion, there is going to be a great panic. People are going to go against each other um, and everyone will raise his hand against his neighbor because you won't know what to do. You're going to panic. You're going you're gonna to run for cover where there is no cover. You're going to do stuff that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? And the reason you have to remind yourself of why did you do that? Because you got caught up in the sin and the sin consumed you and you never repented and walked away from doing it. And then now there are consequences to face because listen, it says it very clearly in the Bible that we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. Those are the closest people that are next to us, aside from our own bloodline family, our neighbors. And we don't even do that today, my friends. We don't even know who half our neighbors are. You could be living somewhere and you don't even know who your neighbor is. Why? Because we're just not friendly people anymore. We're not... We're not like morale people thinking about like, oh, let me go meet my neighbor. Let me bake them a cake. Let me have some coffee for them. We don't think that way anymore. We don't think like the Waltons like we used to see on TV, Little House on the Prairie, and all those other shows. We don't think that way. We're very selfish people living our lives, going about everyday lifestyles that we want and whatever we want and don't want and indulging in an abundance of everything. And we never think about other people. And it's the truth. When was the last time you knocked on your neighbor's door and said, Hey, you know, I happened to be in the supermarket and they had like, you know, three pancake mixes for the price of one. So I took all three. And I like to give you one. That's a simple example. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you thought of your neighbor? You know, my neighbor's grass is growing high. Let me help them cut it. You know, my neighbor, you know, they seem like they're depressed. They're always on their porch crying. Well, go over and talk to them and encourage them. See what's going on. How can you help? But in this day that's coming, that says it right here, it's going to be such a panic. Everyone's going to be on top of each other. There's going to be chaoticness. <laughs> Why? Because God's like, enough is enough. I'm coming in. And this is the way I'm doing it. And then it says, Judah also will fight at, Jeru at Jerusalem. And the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Why? Because God is going to allow Judah to come in as one of the tribes that's in Jerusalem and fight against some of the communities that God is, and the nations that God is wiping away. And in doing so, they're going to have possession of their gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Meaning that when God comes in and there's a wiping and there's a fighting among nations and communities. And whoever's taken out, that person who's still there and alive as God wants them to be. And put them in position to stay alive and defended and stay defended against these people. Now they have access to their goods, which they will be allowed to gain. And then it says, and in abundance, it says. It's not just a couple of items. It's a lot of items. 
a lot of goods, materials. Silver, gold back then was a lot of money, worth a lot of money. If you had silver and gold back in the time of Zechariah, you would be rich. You were considered a rich person. And then apparel, which apparel to us, we know as, you know, jeans, t-shirts, uh, slacks, a blouse, whatever. And apparel back then met, meant the fine linens, silk linens, silk fabrics, all the different types of fibers uh, in scarves and, and um, uh, women attire, men attire. So it was in abundance. All this had a value that was now going to be given. And then it says here, such also shall be the plague, right? We spoke about that, the plague. On the horse and on the mule, on the camel and on the donkey, and on all the cattle that will be in those camps, so shall be this plague. Meaning when God comes in and plagues the people to wipe them out in the way of their flesh by dissolving them as they stand on their feet, their eyes dissolving them in their sockets and their tongues dissolving them in their mouths. He's also going to do it to the cattle. He's going to do it to the cattle. He's going to do it to the animals. He's going to do it to the birds. He's going to do it to the donkey, the horses, the chickens, the cows. He's going to wipe it all out. Because those things also are an extension of the evilness that those people that were doing those bad things were also, that was their livelihood. And that's an extension of the sin unto that cattle. And I know some of you listening to me right now go, I never heard of something like that, Antonia. Well, you're hearing it now, my dear. Because here's the thing. God is going to wipe out whatever is evil, whatever is against him, and whatever is not meant to be on this land. That includes both human beings and animals. So... The only thing I can tell you <laughs> is stay on the straight and narrow road, my friends. Because he's doing it to the, us today as well. Listen, we're in a day and age right now where we think we are invincible. That nothing can touch us. We don't realize that not only can God touch us. But he can send down such a strong judgment on this land that all of us will be touched literally, not only in the flesh, but in everything else around us. So my friends, I don't know about you, but what I do know is this. When my heavenly father comes to clean out my house, of anything that might be in this home that does not belong here, that has tried to attach itself, that has come to try to infiltrate, uh, whether that is friends of mine, whether that is acquaintances of mine, whether that is business associates of mine, whether that's my neighbor, whatever it is, when he comes to do a clean house, and even in my job or whatever, whatever it is, wherever it is, He's going to come clean house and I am going to trust the Lord, trust him in such a way that whatever he cleans out and whatever cleaning he also does with me, if I'm caught up in something I might not even be aware of or I haven't repented of, I need to get on my toes and I need to hurry up and do it and I need to let God do a cleaning in me as well. Why? Because I love my Heavenly Father. And I want to 100% always know that I am doing the right thing in His eyes. That I'm not caught up in other things I'm not supposed to be caught up in. So my friends, I don't know about you, but I've been very blessed by this scripture because it's a warning sign. Letting us know that we can come to the place where God will do a major cleaning and how he's going to do it. So we're aware of that. 
because we can apply this to our lives today. God is right now on the throne and he's judging this nation. He's judging the United States of America. He's judging other nations as well. And everything you do, he can see. It's never hidden. So my friends, if you're not on the right track, get on the right track. Get on the right track with God. Get on the right track. We're giving your life over to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because the way it says it in the scripture that the Lord shall be king over all the earth and in the day shall be that the Lord is one and his name one, meaning he's the only ultimate one that we should be worshiping, praising and spirit and in truth. And in relationship with him, that is key, my friends. So my friends, I hope that you have been encouraged. This puts me on my toes. This this sets me on, hmm, I need to be extra watching what I'm a part of, what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm looking at, what I am actually, you know, caught up with in the flesh. I need to hurry up and examine myself <laughs> because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to make sure I'm right with God. So my friends, I don't know about you, but I know this week I'm doing an evaluation. I'm doing an evaluation based on this word because listen, I want to stay on a straight and narrow road with my heavenly father. And know that when he comes to do a cleaning house and he cleans out my house, then I know and I'm trusted in knowing that he's leaving me a place that is once again going to be safe, pure, with love, joy, peace, which is important for us to sustain in our lives as everyday life. We need to always have the joy of the Lord. We need to have the peace of the Lord. We need to have um, love specifically to be able to love on others. No matter what is going on in this world, no matter what's chaotically happening around us. If you have so many components of the fruit of spirit, the fruit of the spirit that God gives us, we can make it through anything, my friends, because God is by our side and he's guiding us and protecting us. So my friends, continue to enjoy your weekend. Stay safe out there. Know that God loves you. And I look forward to sharing the word of God with you next week where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.